Welcome, beautiful. If you're looking for guidance on personal growth, your feminine journey, meaningful relationships, and authenticity, you came to the right place. Join me as we explore the divine feminine energy within and discover what it truly means to be a strong, confident, and intelligent woman in today's world. I'm your host, Daisy, and this is the Chronicles of Being That Girl. Hello, my wonderful ladies, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad to be here again talking to you all to enjoy adding value into your life, to bring you new perspectives. And honestly, I've missed talking to my little pink mic. I'm not even going to lie to you. I haven't touched it in a minute. I've just been seeing it in my office room, and I'm like, man, I'm just, I miss having episodes. But alas, I'm here again, and today's episode has definitely been long awaited, but mostly because I myself have been doing a lot of inner child work and that's what we will be talking about in this episode. So uh, I've been working with my therapist to do inner child therapy work and it's definitely been a change in my life. I, if you, if this is a new concept, I'm so glad that means that you will be learning everything new. If this is something that you've already heard of but want more information of, then this is a perfect episode for you. So I feel that in my life, I knew about inner child work, but I didn't really know know about it until I experienced it myself because of the level of awareness that I was able to open now, right? And not just awareness, but even healing. Healing my inner child has definitely done wonders for me for my, I guess, like, overall health and feminine energy so it kind of doubles down as both right i just realized how important of a factor inner child work has been for all of my new relationships and even the way that i just cope with everyday stressors so because of the change in confidence the stronger sense of self the understanding and patience i just think that this is the most perfect episode I can start this season off with. Um, It's going to be a lot of intrinsic work, so be ready. And we're basically going to go over the impact of family, father wounds, mother wounds, how how your inner child is asking you for help, and all the steps that you can take in order to start healing. So I don't want to wait too long, and I just want to dive into it. So shall we? For those of you who don't know, the term inner child basically refers to the concept that a person's authentic inner self is a mix of childhood experiences, their innocence, the curiosity, and all of the emotions within. So it's basically the psyche and all the unconscious behavior that you do that are rooted in how you grew up. And with therapy, the bulk of inner child work, it uses that little thing or that notion that the first relationships you experience in your life were from your parents and can involve exploring childhood memories, uh, engaging in activities that evoke joy, right? Like that bring in that inner child out of you and address unresolved issues that were just shoved uh, for years on end. So the way that I want you moving forward to think of how to find your inner child is it's the center of an onion. To see, to see it, you have to peel some layers off first. So the first layer is understanding the basis of your family history dynamics, you know, to start getting towards the center of that onion. One of my favorite psychotherapists to this, to this day is Esther Perel, and she focuses on relationship dynamics. 
But I was watching one of her master classes. I actually got enrolled in it recently because of a friend. They had, you know, those free codes. Anyway, I got enrolled. I got in her class. And the first steps that she says in understanding how you make relationships with other people um, and building a stronger sense of self is understanding your family history and the first thing that i also noticed in my therapy sessions was they my therapist was trying to understand my personal family history and this is how i really started digging into my inner child if in what it wanted and what it desired so for example where were your parents born abroad or were they born here and if they were born abroad how did they come into this country did they come alone? Did they come with family? Or did they come as part of a community? What were the relationships seen in your home? Were they central? Were they peripheral? How did your parents treat each other? Did they fight a lot? Did they love each other? Were they distant? Were they close? And who was a, the authoritative person in the household? You have to start drawing a picture, almost like building a resume of what it was like growing up in your house and what traumas and what things your parents were bringing into that environment. Now, for the types of parental wounds we see in in general, for everybody that experiences a parental wound, it may be one of these. It may be that your parent was avoidant. They didn't want to argue with you. They didn't want to have any problems with you. They avoided touching on any emotional feelings um, any sort of abuse, any sort of invalidation, criticism, and most commonly, abandonment. Um, and this can apply, like I said, both to mom and dad. But I want to start off opening what a father wound was and how that could have affected you. So these father wounds are basically what other people like to call daddy issues, right? It's a very common term. We hear it all the time. Oh, you just got daddy issues, etc. It's basically father wounds that you had. The most common type of daddy issue that we hear about revolves around abandonment. So it's growing up in fatherless homes. In fact, the U.S. Census right now shows that from 1968 to 2020, children living in fatherless homes rose from 10.7% to 21%. So you can already imagine like that's horrible. That's a big portion of the population. A big portion of us did grow up without a father figure. So you can kind of imagine what type of damage that can do for a child who seeks protection and love from a father. That's all that, that a child wants. But it's also not the only type of wound you could have. Some of you, some of you of my listeners had fathers who were present in the home, but weren't emotionally present. They weren't present for you in a, you know, in a, financial way they maybe were fine verbally even abusive maybe they criticized you a lot maybe they really were hard on you maybe they showed you tough tough love or maybe they never showcased their love at all so for me as a child of immigrant and low poverty parents you can sort of start putting together in your mind the multitude and mix of problems that i had to deal with with my own father and perhaps growing up, you even found yourself becoming jealous of other people's parents and, uh, and gravitating even towards finding a father figure, whether it was from, you know, celebrities or shows you saw or even a teacher at school. But most importantly, what happens after you're trying your child, 
your inner child or even your childhood self was trying to find those deeper connections, was trying to form those attachments, it basically made you, right, or it drove you to these different attachment patterns that you don't really understand or see until later in life. For example, you may be more commonly attracted to men who remind you of that dynamic with your father because it's familiar. It's a type of environment and love you grew up with. And even if you know you don't realize it, start to notice the patterns. For example, if you had an emotionally detached father, it could mean you naturally gravitate towards men who don't shower with you, who don't shower you with affection, who are a lot more serious by nature, who don't give you compliments, who don't really open up to you in that way. And it's it's not that, you know, you gravitate towards people that look like your father or dress like your father or, or et cetera, because that may be a little bit more weird, but it's that that person is reminding you of, it's like getting used to the type of love that you received growing up, right? Having that dynamic that's so similar, it makes you feel more at comfort. So you have to start thinking about what was the dynamic? What was the love that you received from the, from the first male figure in your life? From the first father figure, father, <laughs> this is such a tongue twister. I'm so sorry. I am One of the things about me too is like I struggle with English, maybe because Spanish is actually my first language. But yeah, anyway, get back to it. Who did you receive love from? For the first time in your life from from the male perspective it's so important that moving forward when you meet men you ask yourself is this an attraction or is my inner child trying to just form a deep attachment to this person understanding what it is that your inner child is asking of you and i just want you to know that whatever your needs are they're valid Yes, you do want if you didn't receive, for example, um, words of affirmation from your father, it is important that you receive that from relationships and that you get that from them and that that's like a standard in your life. But relationships are not a place to get all of the needs met that you didn't get as a child. As much as your inner child wants that, it cannot have that because your parent, I mean, your partner is not responsible in becoming your parent. Your partner is not responsible in being that father that you never had or that mother that you never had. You can never put that type of pressure on someone and the type of expectation because never because more than likely they will disappoint you. You know, relationships, men will make mistakes, women will make mistakes. Um, but it is the overlying understanding that if you can self-parent yourself and you can become whole and you can continue to keep these standards, that person, that relationship that you have will give you a lot more fulfillment. For example, a lot of the times um, I've heard, actually, I've heard this a lot from some of the girls I've talked to where it's like, they are finally able to change and they want to see something different in their relationships. They're tired of dating the same type of guy who doesn't give them love, doesn't give them respect, doesn't give them affection. And they start dating someone who is, you know, very vulnerable, sweet, honest, basically the total opposite of the typical pattern they've dated. But then they find it repulsive. They start getting the ache. They're like, ah, oh, I don't want this. It's actually kind of boring. I, I don't even like this. 
this is a sign. This is a sign of your inner child being scared of exploring a new attached to because, th- because think about it. If you're feeling repulsed by healthy men, first off, that that's kind of weird. You know, that's kind of not, it's a sign. It's a, it's a red flag in you or something that's going on. But it could be that you're having a defense mechanism to avoid, you know, having a deeper connection with, with a man. You could be running away from getting closer to someone who is good to you because guess what? If it doesn't work out, you're not going to be able to pin it on them like you could with your father. You're not going to be able to to say that it was their fault for running away. They did everything that they could, right? You're not going to be able to play the same narrative that you've been playing for the rest of your life where it's typically a guy's fault. You're scared of having this new vulnerability of opening yourself in a new way. And the only way that you can start fixing that is with starting to understand what you deeply and truly honestly think about men. You, What is the narrative and the story that you've been telling yourself your entire life? But you can start rewrite, rewriting your narrative of fathers. The script and the story you keep telling yourself, you can honestly write it in a way that serves you better. Like, why do you have to commit yourself to saying that men aren't are shit, that men aren't worth it, that men are you know, going to always cheat, that they're going to abandon you, that they're always going to walk away. Yes, you have. So you have to validate yourself saying, yes, I know I was hurt. I know my father wasn't there. I know I deserved more love. But you also have to challenge. And this is where the work comes in. You have to challenge these assumptions that it doesn't mean all men are not good for me. It doesn't mean that I can't find what I want and what I deserve and that I can't find a true, honest, and good person. Now, all of this could also be carried, this narrative could be carried with your mother wounds as well. So let's talk a little bit about mothers and what kind of damage they could have done to you. So mother wounds are really deep and especially affect your divine feminine energy because that was the first role model you had as a woman. Mothers in the world are meant to be supportive. They're meant to be understanding. They're meant to be loving and caring. That's what your child self seeks from a mother. Think about it. The first real connection in this world is from your mom. We make these even in the womb, right? That was the first person you ever had to connect with. And just alone in the US, in 2022, there were about 15.78 million children living with single mother households. So if you grew up with a mother who, for example, was serving both parental roles, maybe they had a certain type of physical illness, mental illness, maybe they went through poverty, you could have experienced a lot of wounds from that connection. Maybe everything there was available. You had a roof over your your head, you had food, you had shelter, etc. But for some reason, you feel like my mom wasn't still there. Like she wasn't there to support me emotionally, or she just, I can never really form a connection with her. So all of the background, it's important to understand it. But it what really matters is acknowledging that it has impacted you and hurt you long term in some sort of way. From being a child, 
If your mother did not show you affection, if she didn't hug you often, made eye contact with you, or showed you some type of encouragement, as a child, that could that could have felt like getting stabbed in the heart a million times, whether you want to know it or not. Like these, this this these inconsistencies in behavior from your mother would have felt you would have have felt the disconnection. And you may have learned that it didn't feel safe or good to come to your mother for comfort. And this could have hindered your relationships and your ability to show self-love and to regulate your emotions. One of the biggest hurts in our relationships with with our moms is hearing a lot of criticism from their end. It really tears down our self-esteem in ways that are so much harder to repair. I remember for me, growing up, I had a lot of self-criticism from my mom. Um, a lot of comparisons from, you know, what she wanted from me. And it really hurt my ability to think highly of myself. So for a long time, I struggled with negative self-talk. And um, also, when you experience lack of emotions from her end, um, from the earliest moments of even being a baby, it can damage you. Because think about it, what happened to you when you cried as a child give me a second oh my gosh i started getting parched okay so what happened when you cried as a child what were your mom's responses to you this what therapist this is what therapists called as a tune attunement so attunement is basically the mother's job of understanding a child's emotions, needs, and figuring out what an appropriate response is. A lot of moms have dealt with a lot of trauma um, from growing up that they're not able to showcase their uh, emotional attunement in a safe in a better and better way. So this overall does affect your feminine energy in the long term because you're not able to open up um, with other people. You may be having trouble tapping into that tapping into that emotional attunement with other people understanding like if somebody cries like what do you do how do you comfort that person if you struggled with a mom that didn't show you that type of affection you may be passing that on to your children you may be passing that on to other people uh, even to your friendships and people may be like wow you are so cold but in reality it's just that your inner child was has never felt safe opening up in that type of environment so this is why it's important to understand and explore it and these are the ways that typically your inner child asks for help so in your in when you're in survival mode there are different types of evolutionary reactions that you could have it's either fight flight freeze or fawn most commonly fawning is seen in children so fawning is this immediate acting to please to avoid any conflict so if your parent immediately got mad at you because you spilled something you're like i'm sorry i'm sorry you like immediately try to um come down or like act in a way to please your your parent right over time this can develop in the good girl syndrome or the good boy syndrome where you try to win over a person um by becoming the best way that you can be the best person that you can be and this is what eventually triggers trickles down to people pleasing behavior and 
your child starts to think your inner child and yourself, you start to develop this idea that you can win over a person alone and that you alone can change the situation. If you're just good, if you just act like a good girl, like a good girl and a good boy. And it is so common that your inner child is obsessed over wanting to feel complete and finding that love in relationships. So it may cry out for help whenever you're arguing with a partner and immediately you, you, and immediately you set down your standards and you're like, no, 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 I'll act different. I'll be different. I will, I will do everything that I can to win you over again. And let me tell you, my darling, if you're choosing the same type of person, you cannot get away with getting a different type of outcome. You think that maybe this time you're going to change them and that you will get their approval if you if you're different, but healing cannot come this way. If we keep choosing the same type of people over and over, who we'll keep opening that child wound, it's very disempowering. It's so disempowering and it just doesn't help you overall. It forms a worse attachment, a worse more more codependent type of attachment that you later on find harder to get out of. And I want you to know that it's not your responsibility to change the action of other people, no matter how hard you try. Whoever you are right now is already a lovable person. So I want you to ask yourself, coming out of childhood, what were you more in need of? Whatever you were in need of is whatever your child is going to cry about, your inner child is going to ask for. And were you in need of connection and protection or were you in need of freedom and individuality? What was it that you wanted as a kid? What is it that it's crying out for? And the next steps that you can start taking to heal are, it's going to take work, but it's very simple once I explain it to you. It's going to require awareness, acceptance, and action. Awareness is just being aware what it is that it's asking, what your inner child is asking of you, accepting the fact that yes, you were hurt and yes, you're dealing with a situation, but there's a better outcome and then taking some action. So I'm going to give you some call to action steps that you can start taking today. The first is an exercise that I tried with my therapist. It's very easy. You basically imagine yourself in a traumatic situation or revisit a childhood memory you had where you're where you feel like you were let down, where something happened. Go back to that situation, imagine it, and now think of your older self, your adult self coming into the picture. What will your adult self do to that child? Would you hold her? Would you caress her? Would you tell her that everything's going to be okay? Whatever it is that you would have done to mend that situation, that feeling of wholeness is exactly what you want to experience, what it is that your child wanted at that time. The second is making sure that when you're dating, you are dating with scars and not wounds. You are not going to continue the same pattern of dating with an open wound and hoping another person is going to fix it. Okay, my darling. So what you're going to do is you're going to take time. You're going to take time in between relationships to heal, to reflect and to move on. Okay. The next thing I want you to do is to talk well about yourself. Speak to yourself with compassion and unlearning negative self-talk. Let me tell you, I used to think that this was cringe, but at the end of the day, once I realized that normal people do not talk down about themselves, I was stunned to say, oh my gosh, I'm actually not the normal one. So self-parenting requires you to 
Um, if you fail at life or you're doing something that you don't feel very good about, tell yourself, you know what? I support you and I will always love you and I will always be here for you. Okay. And I'll have another episode on self-parenting. The last thing I want you to do is to try to find and work with a therapist. For me, um, I know that this was a difficult step financially, but I ended up finding help and this is not sponsored at, at all, but I ended up finding help through Open Path. Um, Open Path is, I think, a network of therapists. You pay a monthly or like a one-time fee and then you can get connected with therapists that have low fees. So I tried that and I actually ended up putting it all under a credit card. I said, you know what? I'm going to rack up this credit card with this amount of money. I'm going to pay it off monthly, but this is going to be an investment for my life. And I'm, I'm very grateful that I took that step because it really has helped me long term. But um, and then lastly, affirmations. I'll do another episode on affirmations, but This is something that you can start doing to make sure that every single day you are grateful and you are you are thinking of yourself as um, as a better person. But that is pretty much the end of this episode. I want you all to know that we are. I, I just want you to know that it's going to be okay, And I want you to know that you are you are a beacon of light in this world. Okay. I hope this episode helped. I hope it opened up a new perspective of what your inner child is and how you can utilize that healing to become a better and lighter version of yourself, okay? So I hope to talk to you in this next episode. And until then, have a good one. Bye.